Hello, welcome to this cosmic home where I talk through tools, strategies, and mindsets that help you bring more harmony and happiness into your home so you and your family can walk into the world with the foundation of unconditional love. I'm your host, Isabel Jones. Okay, so this might be like the first episode I'm kind of nervous about because I don't actually have a solid plan on how to portray the message that I'm trying to share. Um, And I also feel that it's a slightly controversial topic. Um, So I'm talking about motherhood today. And I guess I'll start by sort of sharing my motivation for talking about this. So at the beginning of 2020, all the way through maybe like the middle of 2021, yeah, towards like the third quarter of 2021, I was attempting to grow a marketing business. And, um, you know, I'm towards the middle of it, I sort of lost my heart. My heart wasn't in it anymore. So, you know, but I did attempt to do that. And one of my big focuses was to sort of mesh like being a mom and working, you know, like mompreneur, whatever. And that was really my big strategy was to sort of help moms balance working and having a job and like a passion. You can't see my air quotes, but like a passion, you know, um, help them balance their, their passion with being a mom. Um, and, you know, through that process, I really just found myself trying to convince myself that I loved being a brand designer. (laughs) And I was just like, really, you know, people would always say, Oh, how do you how do you keep your kids? Like, how do you get all the work done when you have kids? And the the reality is my answer was, I kind of shirk on my mom responsibilities, you know, like, at the time, I was telling myself, Oh, well, you know, they're just I make sure to kind of help them foster independence so they don't really, you know, need me for a lot of stuff and they can go a couple hours without asking me for stuff and then, you know, I just grab something that they need and go and whatever. But the truth was, is my kids were watching TV while I was working and my kids were eating just grab and go snacks, you know, like, and then like half of our dinners were just like, whipping something together and not to say that any of that in particular like by itself is wrong um but it was just the fact that I was kind of sacrificing their childhood for the sake of pursuing something because I felt like I was supposed to be pursuing something outside of motherhood um and so I talked to my husband you know he was in school at the time so I kind of did need to try and make money while he was doing that but then finally I talked to him and I was like look I can't do it anymore like I'm not a business person like since then I've realized like my job is to kind of live a more solitary life like a more kind of you know just more inward, live more inward, live more focused on what is right in front of me rather than trying to constantly create more. Um, You know, and through this too, I also really delved into like a more spiritual 
led business. And so I got to see and connect with a lot of like spiritual leaders that were trying to help people to create a business with a more spiritual foundation, you know, not really giving into like the hustle of it. But there's just like, there were two major issues that I had. And, you know, I had a lot of cognitive dissonance that I was practicing through these times. And then I sort of I don't know, like the light switch turned on and all of a sudden I really started with the spirituality part of it where I was like being truly, not that there's anything wrong with wanting money, but being truly spiritual is to practice being content with where you are in this moment right now. Um, And so this idea of like all these spiritual people saying manifest $10,000, manifest like 10K months, six figure income, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's so not the point of manifestation. And it's so not the point of spirituality. And all you're doing in that is basically fitting spirituality in the capitalist box. You know, and I, I could do like a whole episode on capitalism because I'm not like, I mean, when it comes to political, whatever, I'm very in the middle of everything, but I do see that there is a negative side to that aspect of like, you know, putting a price on everything, having everything be worth some monetary, you know, have everything, put a monetary value on everything. And like, you know, so I just kind of went through this whole journey of like, the closer I got to myself, You know, the more that I, because I did, I did try to have that spiritual business where I would be able to like, you know, connect to myself while also helping other people like create their own business. And like the idea of what I was trying to do was perfectly fine. And again, this is not, you know, I'm probably going to say this a lot throughout this episode. This is not me telling you that what you're doing is wrong. This is me giving another perspective another idea that's really silenced right now. Um, So if there is anyone who happens to feel misaligned in what they're currently doing, here's another perspective, another outlook on how to maybe realign. Um, You know, and that kind of starts with like the spirituality. And so the reason I bring all this up is because motherhood has become a very taboo concept. Um, I think that maybe it's always been that way. I don't really know. But especially in the modern day, there's this weird thing where like motherhood cannot be your passion. And like if it is, oh, that's great. But you know, being a mom isn't everything. So you know, there's like that whole mentality of like, if you allow your identity to become being a mom, it's like you're doing a disservice to women which is so strange to me because it's literally the only thing that people born with a uterus can do that no one else can do is to be a mom. I mean, like, yes, okay, if you're an adoptive mother or, you know, that kind of thing, or you're like, you know, in a, like, you don't literally have to have a uterus to, you don't have to literally birth the child to be a mom. But there is this distinction between people who are born women. You have a special energy that no one can really recreate. Um, And so the way that I kind of look at it is like, you are the 
Like I, and I guess really the whole reason I want to talk about this is because I feel like there's been this really strange kind of like putting down of motherhood where it's like the power's been removed from it. And I actually like to try and get some kind of sense of direction for this episode. I listened to, um, a podcast episode by the Know Thyself guys, and they were talking about Adam and Eve. And while, you know, regardless of what you believe, there's symbolism in everything. And it's just so interesting because I feel like Adam and Eve, they represent that masculine and that feminine energy. And they both have their own separate power. But those energies are within all of us together. And that's kind of like the whole purpose of the fall is to like help us to reconnect those energies within ourselves. Um, But like there is this necessity to understand the difference and the separation of the masculine and the feminine because you cannot join them together if you don't understand them individually. And I think that's why we were kind of, I think that's the purpose of like the male and the female genitalia, the male and the female like working together to procreate. Like I think the whole purpose to that is so we can see the distinction of those two energies and then marry them together within ourselves, Um, you know. And that's kind of like the whole entire idea behind like enlightenment and ascension is realizing the unity within all of us, you know, so whatever. But the the problem is, is like right now we're living in this society, like people keep talking about mass, like toxic mas- masculinity and like, you know, this whole patriarchy and whatever. And yet I see women every day abandoning their femininity in the name of feminism But it's like this really weird thing where it's like hustle, side hustle, growing a business. That's masculine energy. There is no matter what name you put on it, what you do, that is, you know, like that's masculine. Even if you have a very feminine business, the just action of going out into the world is very masculine. The action of creating something in the world, you know, that's masculine. The idea of making money, like bringing in resources, that's masculine. And it's, you know, the masculine energy is there for the sake of protecting the feminine energy, not because the feminine energy is weak, but because it's important. So we're in this like weird thing where The toxic masculinity is the masculinity that does not protect the femininity. That's what toxic masculinity is. It's like being masculine for the sake of lifting up the masculine and protecting the masculine. And, you know, I mean, you can really see it in like the articles that are coming out. You know, I mean, like at this point, I really do not like I will binge TV with a very aware mind about me. Like if I'm going to watch TV, I am actively seeking out the propaganda within the television that I'm watching. So I don't become susceptible to it. So like, you know, but if you read news articles or regular, you know, like cosmopolitan, you know, whatever is people are reading, (laughs) that's the last time I read magazines was like when Teen Vogue was like a huge deal. Like, I don't know, but 
I mean, even if you go on like blog posts and all this stuff, you know, there's this weird abandonment. Like you, once you, once you see it, you won't be able to unsee it. And if you're not ready to see it, you won't see it. And that's fine. You can turn this off right now, whatever. If everything I'm saying is triggering you, please stop listening and, you know, don't allow yourself to get hurt right now. Just go explore that within yourself. But, you know, if it's really one of those things where once you see it, you cannot unsee it. Um, And you really start to see this weird thing of this putting down. Like it is, you people will put you down if you are proud of being a wife and you value, like I've had friends that I've talked to that are, you know, they've abandoned their femininity. And so I'll talk to them about my spouse and I'll say, oh, well, you know, I'm not really doing this thing right now because, you know, that will like... There are like certain people, like if there's a person and it's like, okay, well, I'm not really talking to that person right now because they don't really respect my spouse and, you know, I can't in good faith talk to them if they're not respecting my spouse. And I've had friends that are like, oh, well, you know, like you have feelings too. And I'm like, well, yeah, (laughs) I do. My feelings are that I have this relationship that's incredibly important to me. And to disrespect my spouse is to disrespect me because if you cared about me, you would care about what's important to me. And, you know, so it's just like this weird thing where it's like the feminine healing and nurturing and creating. Like, I don't think, I think people are being told that like, you know, we keep hearing this thing like, oh, well, you have to let boys cry and you got to stop saying like, don't be a girl because that's putting being a girl down. But like saying you don't want to be a wife or mother is also putting your power down. And I, again, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying like, but this whole uplifting of this, you know, like independence of women, it's like, you don't, get that we were always independent you know like I understand historically maybe like men kind of took the reins in society and they were like doing whatever like taking control and women didn't really have a say that's not really what I'm talking about here I'm not saying like just let the men have everything and then women just sit around and let them protect you that's like not the point because again you're strong enough in your femininity to protect yourself I mean like think about People don't say, oh, watch out for that male bear. No, they say, if there's a mama bear around and her cubs are close by, you better hope to God that she doesn't come near you. Like, that's what you're afraid of. So, like, the idea that being, like, living in femininity is weak at all is just, like, you know, the idea that giving into being a wife to a man or, like, the idea of giving into being passionate about being a mother, like, is weak, like, the, you know, it just doesn't make sense, because, like, that's one of the strongest things that a, that feminine energy can tap into, because, like, literally, women are the door from the, from the unconscious to the conscious. I mean, like, you know, you can, like, think of the womb and the vagina as, like, the door from death to life, You know, because if death is just the beginning, like that's really who we are. We are the people that are helping each soul navigate life. 
I mean, that's what a mother does. You are taking on this soul. And and the masculine has a very important role there too. But it's like, their role is to protect the souls. Like, childhood and femininity are some of the most sacred and powerful energies in the world, in the universe. I mean, it's just, that's, that's the facts. And we all have that masculine and feminine. So I'm not saying like, you literally have to be a woman, you literally have to like birth the child, or you literally have to like have a uterus in order to give this feminine energy. Like, I'll get into that, you know, like role models later. But you know, that's not the point. This is all energetic. And we all have these energies within us. So you know, kind of get the classic idea of like, woman, man out of your head, I'm going to use those words. But you can interpret that however you choose. And if you want to interpret it as, oh, well, that's sexist, then that's your choice. And you're making it that way. So have fun. Anyway, so like, the point being is those are such sacred energies, and they need to be protected. And that's what the masculine is there for. It's like the masculine energy is there to protect the sacred feminine and the sacred innocence that comes with women and children, you know, classically. And so, you know, like I can do a whole episode on like fatherhood, but it just kind of seems like that feminine energy is under attack. And I'm not saying like, oh, if you're a woman that works, then you're attacking your femininity. No, like I understand that there are circumstances where you don't really have the choice. And I understand that there can be a balance in work and raising children. Like there definitely, there are plenty of like moms that are homeschooling and they have like this business and they get their kids out. Like they're like, they're the super moms, you know, that's like who we're all trying to be. But like the simple idea of being passionate about your children and raising them has really been under attack for quite some time. I mean, probably, I, I don't know, I'm not even going to try to do dates. At this point, I think I've just made it so clear that I don't really understand, like, time in my mind does not work linear. Like to me, the 60s and medieval times could have been like the same. So I'm not even going to try. But the per the point being is, I mean, maybe for all of time, maybe we're entering into this new age where true feminine purpose and energy is finally being seen. And maybe that's why I'm saying this right now, because maybe this is the first time in history, not me saying it the first time, like I'm not Make, this is not a moment in history that I'm creating, I'm not the first person to talk about this, but the general era that we're in, maybe that is the first time that we're recognizing what this feminine energy really looks like, what motherhood really means, like how powerful it really is. Maybe back in the day, it was just, oh, you pop out a few kids and then you just have to be a slave to your children and your husband. Maybe that is what it really was. And now we're kind of doing this overcorrection where Rather than standing in the power of feminine energy, women are kind of abandoning that feminine energy and just saying, okay, fine, then I'll just be masculine then. And I'm just like, not really going to care. Like, obviously, you care about your kids, but like, I'm not going to be an active participant in raising them because then I'm giving into, I'm giving into the weakness that is femininity. Like, if I hear a baby crying and I want to go pick them up, I'm weak. You know, it's like, it's no longer if you cry, you're weak. It's if you care about someone else and you have the desire to comfort them, you're weak. 
which it's like that's literally the most powerful energy ever because having the ability like I mean not even to get into the science like well let's do it let's get into the science of it so you know I mean why this is so dangerous and why this is so important to talk about is because you have like you have child development <laughs> like <laughs> Like, are we ever going to give a crap about what happens to kids and what these, like, traumas and adults are doing to children? Like, are we ever going to care about that? I don't know. But if anyone's going to make that a mainstream thing, it's going to be moms. So let's talk about that real quick. So, I mean, you really, you start with the fact that right now, I mean, people, what, you're a mom and you get maybe tops three months maternity leave in the states like maybe and at that point you've only finished like the fourth trimester you're still like your kid still thinks that they are you they still think that you guys are the same thing so for you to leave them for an extended period of time before they get to a certain age which is much older than three months by the way is for you to basically cut their arm off and say, okay, you're going to be fine. Here's like this prosthetic arm. And uh, it's basically the same, but it's not, you know, it's like, that doesn't make sense to kids. And again, this is really not to make anyone feel guilty. You know, I have, I have plenty of experience of failing in the mom department. And again, this is not even a fail. I understand some people have like, circumstances where you don't have the ability to stay home but if you do have the ability and you're choosing not to because you believe that there's something better for you to be doing this is a legitimate question why did you have kids in the first place like let's just sit on that for a minute you know before we even get into what the science is if you if you we're never planning on if like if, if your plan was to and you have the choice to not people who don't have the choice if you don't have the choice and you have kids and you're choosing to like care for them the best you can that is a totally different story than having the ability to choose what you're going to put 90% of your time and energy into and not choosing your children so those people why did you have children then? You don't have to. It's not wrong to not. And if you didn't want them, if it wasn't a planned thing, but you still like, but again, you still chose to sleep with someone. That typically causes kids, whether you have birth control or not, it's not always effective. You can't trust every single partner that you're with to actually be respectful enough to not accidentally impregnate you. Like, all of these things. So it's like, even if you didn't choose to get pregnant, you still chose to do the action. And then of course there is the exception of, you know, like forced upon you. And that's a different story. And that comes with a whole set of trauma that, you know, like that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about choice here. Some people have choices. So let's talk about that. And I do not understand. And I mean, I do because I did it. Here's, that's the thing. Like, I understand what's going on. There is a lot of pressure. There is a lot of like, these. there are so many narratives that go on to say like, motherhood isn't enough. Like, why would you limit yourself to just being mom? You know, and I get that. But now, 
once you get the information, what you do with it really determines like whether or not you are being responsible for the souls that you chose to create. And that's what that's why this discussion of motherhood motherhood is so important because you are respond like not yes, the man involved, the sperm involved is also responsible for the souls, but you are the door. You are the gateway. You are the one that they are connected to for nine months. That's it. So, you know, and if it's an adoption situation, why would you, why would you take in children that need the most love of all and then leave them? <laughs> like, again, why would you do that? These are legitimate questions because I don't understand that thought process. So, you know, not to like show my bias or anything, but I, I'm pretty passionate about this conversation because it's so important. And these are actually important questions that need to be asked. And I understand, like, they're not fun questions to ask. Me sitting there watching my kids' personalities change completely because I was letting the TV watch them, you know, rather than me actually being there for them. And then when I was available to them, I wasn't really available because I was just thinking about my business. I was just thinking about how can I grow my business? How, how much more time can I put in? And, you know, two hours a day turned into five hours a day, turned into eight hours a day. Some days turned into like morning to night. And then you just throw them in bed with the TV on. And that was my reality. And I had to ask myself the hard questions. What was the point if all I was going to do was put them in their room and have them watch TV all day? Like what kind of a life is that for them? And you know, and then even like sending them to school, like I feel like school could be an entirely other conversation. But what it really all comes down to what I'm the point I'm trying to get to here is as the maternal figure in your child's life, you are the gateway from death to life. You are the gateway from inside to outside from, you know, like just that's it. Like you were chosen one way or another to guide this soul in their one life to as close to enlightenment as possible. So if that's what, if that's what you are here for, how could you ever not see the power in that? Like, literally, the maternal figures in a child's life are the sole creators of the future. I mean, and the, and the paternal, but we're not talking about dads right now. We're talking about, you know, we're talking about moms. And it's like, it is this co-creation thing. Like, you do need the balance of masculine and feminine. If you're a single mom, you still need to find that paternal figure for your kids, whether it's like an uncle or a grandpa or like you know, a trusted teacher, not one that's trying to take advantage, but like an actual trusted paternal figure, because you do need that balance. And like, you know, if you are like a gay couple, like two men, you do still need to find that maternal, that maternal figure in your kid's life, because they need that balance of the masculine and the feminine. And even if you are more effeminate, maybe even if you do identify more closely with that feminine energy, there's still going to need to be like that maternal figure the same way if you are two moms, you still need to find that paternal figure. Like there is that balance that just 
it is just part of life and it's not it's not something that is here to offend us it is something here to because that's just the laws of nature that's just how it works it's not really an opinion it's not really like that's just it so and that's really what we're getting into here so you know when you think about what children need psychologically as their brain develops actually until about seven your child does not understand the concept of you going to work they only see that you are leaving them and their instincts are to be with you up until about seven I mean even like way back in the day of hunter-gatherer these people understood this and so the kids would stay with the moms until about seven or eight and then they would go off like the boys would go off with the men and they would help them hunt and that's how it went because at that point they were ready they just acknowledged those patterns and now brain scans actually show us hey they actually had something right those kids actually really needed to be around all of the all of the feminine energy and all of the feminine activity they needed to be around that for the first seven to eight years because that's just that's how that's how their instincts work their their instincts say that I mean otherwise they gain a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression and they feel a lot of abandonment because instinctually they're not safe when mom isn't there like instinctually up until the age of eight if I can't see mom as anytime I need her I'm not safe and that's what their instincts say and like you know we haven't evolved to the point where men can act like or where women can act like men we haven't evolved to the point like in our bodies like evolution has not caught up to the idea that kids are safe even if their mom is not there so until we get there because sure maybe we can get there if we want to but we're not there yet our instincts have not caught up yet evolution is not as fast as technology so the idea of just like sending your kids off to school for eight hours a day or however long the idea of doing that before they turn seven or eight that does not compute with them and I think that's why we see, I mean, you cannot deny the anxiety and depression and just negativity and, fe and fear of commitment. Have you seen the fear of commitment in these newer generations? I mean, like, have you seen that we're all just like addicted to anti-anxiety and anti-depression medication and we're all just like messed up? And then we were also one of the largest generations to be sent to school like from an early age like from the time of being like one or even earlier having like a nanny come in while our moms are working like do you not see that correlation and I'm you know again like if you don't have the ability to be there at an early age you can still understand this and comprehend this and then don't like put your guilt on your kids to solve but you can then say, okay, well, I understand the importance of my role. So I understand how important it is to find the right people to leave my kids with. I understand how important it is to make sure that I am being an active participant in their life as much as possible. I know how important it is now to make sure that even if I'm tired at the end of the day, I still go and I play with them and I hug them and I make sure that they understand that I'm here. You know, so like there's still, you still need to know this information, even if you can't act on it 100%. Knowing it helps you to know what you can and can't do and what you do need to do, you know. And so, 
again, this isn't like a big shaming thing for people who don't have the ability. It's just this is information people don't share. This is stuff people don't talk about a lot. And I think it's because they're afraid of offending the people who can't. But you still, it's still valuable to know. So anyway, so, you know, up until that seven or eight point, like years down the road, your kids have needed you there for minimum 20 hours a week. How many hours are, you know, is that a work week that it's 40 hours? If you're gone, let's, I'll put it this way. If you're gone about more than 20 hours a week, studies show that your kids will then feel the same abandonment if you like dropped them off on the side of the road and like, and then never came back. And that's just kind of, you know, it's not something we can change. It's not something we have control over. We cannot reason with instinct because they're literally just balls of instinct until about seven. And then they start to get that cognitive development where they can start to reason and make sense of things and put into practice what they have then taken in to input. So, you know, um, but even still, even beyond that, I mean, you have like studies even show that kids whose moms are home through high school actually get better grades. They are more socially in that, like they can actually like converse with their, their peers a lot more like effectively. They, I mean, there's so much that they have an advantage of when they're, when they know that mom's at home. And I think that these studies are just so revealing of how important our role is in the upbringing of children. I mean, like, and it's not like you have to decide that your life is going to be about having kids, but if you're not going to make your life about having kids and you have the choice to decide I will or won't have kids, why would you then have kids knowing how important it is for you to make them your life for at least seven years? So speaking of, my children are now asking for me and my husband is not home, so I'm probably going to have to cut this off here. Um, but I'll probably continue to talk. I know, um, next week I'm going to talk a lot about unconditional love because I talk about that, how important it is. So I want to talk about what it is anyway. So I'm going to go ahead and go for this week and, uh, see you next time. Please continue this conversation with me over on this cosmic home, um, on Instagram because I am, you know, I like to talk about this stuff. So until next week.